Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss, a Facebook group called the Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses. And this podcast, where every Tuesday, a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robker.co.uk. So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Welcome to episode 11 of the Project Future podcast. In this episode, I share two conversations recorded with Elaine Halligan 12 months apart in December 2019 and December 2020, with, as you might expect, significant changes in between. Elaine is a parenting coach, speaker and author of My Child's Different. Her expertise was born from real-life experience when her son Sam was excluded from his third school by the age of seven. Using the parent practice methodology, her son's sense of self-worth was restored with lots of positive encouragement, giving him responsibility, encouraging independence, helping him understand and accept his feelings of difference, his anxieties, frustrations and anger, and helping him learn from failure and bounce back from setbacks. The outcome was that he finished school as head boy and is now a budding entrepreneur. It's a huge testament to the transformative work and impact the parent practice has on families and children. Elaine's mission is to create a happier future generation by sharing parenting strategies that will have an authentic impact, transforming challenging children into confident and contented children with her personal style and a positive approach. Both Elaine and Sam are contributors to my book, Project Future, Six Steps, Six Success as Your Own Boss. And I'm also looking forward to sharing Sam's captivating entrepreneurial story in a similar 12-month time lapse to be published this episode 14 on the 16th of February. So set a reminder in your calendar for that. In this episode, Elaine explains her early career and how the opportunity arose to become a partner at the parent practice. She explains what it's like running a business with a partner on the other side of the world and also the impact her book has had on the business before explaining what changed in 2020 and her plans for 2021 and beyond. Let's have a listen. Elaine, welcome. Thank, thank you. Thanks, Rob, for inviting me on the podcast. No, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you and, and to learn about your journey and how you've got to, to, to where you are. Can I ask you to do a quick introduction? Sure. So uh, I, together with my business partner, Melissa Hood, run a business called The Parent Practice. And we are an organisation that enables parents to bring out the best in their kids. And it's all about ensuring family life is as happy and as calm as it can be. And it's about ensuring we kind of give parents the tools to enable their children to enter into adult life, feeling happy, um, feeling confident uh, and feeling successful. And I think parenting in the 21st century is complicated. You're a dad. You, Absolutely, you've got yeah. two kids. I do. And it is jolly hard work. And what we're finding is that parents um, find it easy to lose their way. It, it's easy to nag your children, repeat, yep. remind, cajole, bribe. And if I'm really honest with you, 
I have to say, I find parenting initially one of the hardest jobs I think I've ever done. And we come into it thinking that it should be instinctive. And actually, it's not. Parenting is a deeply ingrained state based on your own experiences. So what you'll do is one of two things. You'll either replicate what your parents did with you, or you'll make a conscious decision to do things differently. Um, and, And for me, I didn't find it instinctive. Um, and the story is I really, really battled bringing up my son, Sam. Because you didn't work in parenting before you were a parent. No, you, you, no, you, I you didn't. So maybe area. I should go back a few steps because originally uh, I did a law degree at Edinburgh University. And um, the story goes that as a young 18-year-old woman, I didn't really think and act for myself. And I really wanted to do psychology. And I was told by my father, nope, you're not going to do psychology, Elaine. You're very bright. You are going to be a lawyer. (laughs) So off I went, not thinking for myself, not acting for myself. And I just thought, okay, okay, I'll go to Edinburgh University and I'll do a law degree. And it's a four year degree. And I think I was in my third year and it suddenly dawned on me. It's not very, I'm not, it sounds as if I'm a bit dim, but it suddenly dawned on me that I couldn't practice law south of the border. And actually I had a passion to travel. And I suddenly thought, oh my goodness, where do I go with the Scottish law degree? And I googled it, and the only other place in the world where you can practice Scottish law was a remote South Pacific island called Vanuatu. And I then suddenly realised I was quite stuffed. That'd be quite a commute. It would be quite a commute. It would be quite a lifestyle difference. Yes, indeed. And so I said to my father, I think I may have made a mistake here. And he said, don't worry, don't worry, I've got another idea for you. I think you should be a chartered accountant. And so I spent probably since school days, kind of 10 years of my life doing professional exams. And uh, I trained in Scotland to be a chartered accountant. And I I think I was a pretty hopeless chartered accountant. And all along, I wanted to do psychology. So when my kids came along, and actually when I battled in parenting, there was just, it happened all organically that I suddenly found myself having to explore and look for new tools to bring up Sam, who I'm going to say is an atypical learner. He's a child who uh, initially was very difficult, very different, and was labelled with a number of um, learning difficulties, ranging from something called oppositional defiance disorder through to pathological demand avoidance, through to dyslexia. So uh, uh, we found ourselves in a situation where we were in crisis. And the crisis was by the age of seven, Sam had been expelled from three schools. Wow. Yeah, wow. Mm. I mean, when I say that statement, I still have to pinch myself. I still remember those days of how much we were in crisis. And I gave up my job, which at that time was in corporate finance in the city. Okay. And as a parent, I just wanted to do the best job I could do for my family. And I knew I needed to skill myself up. And so I trained in behavior management. And that was um, the time when I met my business partner, my now business partner, Melissa Hood. And um, she established a business called The Parent Practice in Southwest London. Okay. And I initially came on board just as a trainee facilitator. And then a a curious circumstance, you know, series of events and circumstances happened. And Melissa decided that she wanted to return to her home country, Australia. Um, But the business was thriving. And through just a variety of circumstances, her then business partner decided she didn't want to continue. And so I was invited to step in and become Melissa's business partner. And that was 10 years ago. And I've never looked back. And I remember at the time feeling 
oh my goodness, I, I don't think I can do this. Um, I, I love what the business are doing, but I never imagined myself as a, a co-owner uh, of a thriving practice. Um, I was frightened. I was scared. I, I had no idea what it involved. So the, I, was, I was very green. And we had this almost what seemed at the time a, a really challenging position of me running a business in London and Melissa being in Australia. But but the funny thing is that the business uh, in this current state has been going since I joined in 2009. And actually, we laugh about it now because it means that we can support our clients 24-7 because we're around always online. Yeah, around the sun as a business. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, just... it's an 11-hour time difference, but we're always there answering emails. And uh, it's worked. And have you found it's got easier over the years as well with the technology improvements and you know video conferencing and all these kind of things we take for granted now? You know, how was that in the early days? Gosh, it's hard for me. It's a really tricky question. That's mm. hard for me to remember that there's always been Skype. Yeah. Um, you know, we've always had um, access over the phone to each other. Has it got easier? Yes, undoubtedly. Um, we use Zoom conferencing a lot yes. now, yep. uh, not just between me and my business partner, but between clients that we have all over the world. So certainly um, technology has been hugely beneficial for the business. And it's an interesting question because we've just launched... Um, our train the trainers program online so what we do is we train psychologists psychiatrists health professionals um, teachers uh, parents who just want to deepen their skills and, and for the last 10 years we've been running that course live face to face so what it's meant is that people have traveled from all over the world to london for this five-day course it's expensive uh, environmentally, I guess it's not friendly now with all those air miles. Yep. Uh, and so what we've just launched is our online Train the Trainers course, which is absolutely from fabulous because it means that uh, actually distance now is no longer an obstacle. Indeed. And the, and the range of people that you can attract as well, because clearly there were others, I'm sure, previously would have liked to have come to London, but for one reason or another weren't able to, but clearly now you've got that reach. So yeah, I I definitely think over time technology has certainly made the business, uh, I would say, more accessible. Uh, And obviously we have a skill, parenting skills. It's applicable to everyone the world over. Um, So yes, we're just reaching a much bigger uh, audience and a bigger market. So the interest in psychology that you had Mm. and then family circumstances making it a necessity for you really has has led to a career change it's really quite um unusual that the whole sequence of events but yeah my story is that i just started in a career that probably i was not well suited to uh, and just by a series of circumstances i am now delivering parenting skills which are kind of um deeply you know they're 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 underpinned by deep psychological research so although i have not got a psychology background all all the stuff we're delivering is underpinned by deep psychological research so yes it's a Fantastic. it's come full circle and real world experience as well of course that is the key so the key to all this and what we offer in terms of the pragmatic parenting piece is that we have been there we have we are at the coalface we are still parenting although adult children but the principles are all the same and i think there is no substitute for actually the doing um, and yes, we, we all in the business have had challenges with our own families. And, and a fabulous thing to be doing as well. It's, it must be rewarding for you. Do, do you a, know what? I have basis. to pinch myself sometimes yeah. just to think I have got one of the best jobs in the world. I, I think for me, it is about leaving a legacy. Yeah. It's about doing work that has a huge impact on people's lives. And, and, and we know from the 
emails we get, from the feedback we get, from all the classes and workshops we deliver, people are writing to us all the time saying, Elaine, the skills you've delivered have just been transformational. And that's why the team at the parent practice do the work they do. And how big is the team that you, that you have with We're you small. Now? We've got two office managers. There's Melissa and I as co-owners, business partners. And then we've got four other facilitators. So it's a small team. But in terms of the kind of positive parenting um, uh, arena or domain, yeah, we're one of the biggest players in the UK. Absolutely. And, and you have the reach globally. And of course, you, you attract guest speakers and you have events with, with others that are partners. Look, it hasn't come overnight. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question about it that yeah. this has taken time. But we do have an expert authority. We, we get called up by the newspapers, the radio channels, um, to quote on, on parenting topics. Uh, we have a good brand awareness now. Um, we've collaborated with some really big people in, in the fields of psychology and parenting. But, but I can't pretend that that's been easy. That has been... Melissa has actually been in business since 2004. So that's, you know, that's 15 years. Yeah of a lot of work that's gone into this and in terms of the press you have now mm. and clearly you know you've been on sky news yourself. yep sky news yep. call quite a lot i'm one of their hard to reach people <laughs> because you know i can't drop things when i've got a full client day yeah um so i do it when i can and if the story is a good one and you've done a tedx talk recently as so well. i have um <laughs> i found myself uh, in oxford just a couple of months back on the tedx stage and I did a talk uh, which was called Neurodiversity is a Superpower, Not a Problem. And it's a talk about the story of how we unlocked our son's potential after he had been literally written off in society through the specific learning issues he had. And we found that schools just weren't geared up um, to cope with what his needs were. So it's a story um, of hope. Yep. It's a story of optimism and that short 15 minute, oh my God, that's the frightening, most frightening 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> that short 15 minute TEDx talk it is designed just to help parents if they have a difficult, different or challenging child. It's to let them know that biology is not destiny and that there's always hope in the face of adversity. Yeah, that's amazing. And <laughs> Thank that, you. that of course leads to your book. Um, so you have a you have or well, the you, book you led to the book. TEDx actually yes, yeah indeed. yeah so it's a good segue in but 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 yeah I think one of the biggest I think one of the biggest things we've done in the business both Melissa and I to kind of cement our expert authority and position yeah has been writing a book and you're talking to someone who did not want to write a book there was no way I was writing a book I actually do not like writing. And so it was not a natural decision for me to make. But my clients over the years had said, Elaine, I think there's a book in here. And I'd always said, no, I can't write a book about my son's personal story. It's too personal. But it kept knocking on the door over and over again. And so it was interesting. Sam got to 21 and I said, look, Sam, I don't know how you feel, but people are asking me to write your story. And I can't do that without your permission. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, how do you feel? Whatever your answer is, it's fine with me. And he looked at me and he said, Mum, do you know what? He says, I'm really proud of what I've achieved in life so far, given all the adversity I've had. And I know that is down to you and Dad and the support you've given. 
let's get this book written. Fantastic. And so um, I employed your publisher, Alison Jones. Yes, indeed. And, and she did an extraordinary thing with me. And she said, I'm going to interview you and Sam and we will try and recount and capture the story um, since he was a toddler. And we spent, and I, uh, yeah, it was the best part of a year with her interviewing us like a journalist and, and us recording the interview. And it was so traumatic for Sam that we actually came to a point where we had to stop for a couple of months. We couldn't continue. Right. Because some of the stories that he was recounting were just too traumatic. So that that was a hard year, mm. reliving all that emotional roller coaster of what it was as a family, having a child who couldn't be educated, and that was really tough. But when the transcripts came out of all those interviews, I, I realised that they were absolute gold dust. And actually, as we read back, we realised we had a really powerful story with lots of funny moments, lots of humour in it, lots of laugh-out-loud moments and also moments where you just wanted to weep but the end of a story the end of the story is a really happy one and um yeah so I decided to write the book and I got a traditional publishing deal um with Crown House Publishing who have been really really great publishers in our space because they've introduced us to a whole new audience which is the education audience and teachers and and heads and so that's been fascinating, uh, taking our parenting work uh, into the education sector. Okay. And that's been a really surprising outcome from writing the book. So you didn't plan, that wasn't planned when you started it, effectively? It was... Certainly when we started the book, we, yeah. we, we knew we were writing it for the parenting space. Yeah. We knew we were writing it for mums, dads, um, professionals. And we knew that teachers would enjoy it. Um, so absolutely, a teacher will enjoy My Child's Different. But what the publisher has done is introduced us to a nice new market mm. um, where we can sell the book to. Oh, that's that's fascinating. And uh, so it shows the value in, in being published. It has blown us away. Absolutely blown us away. Um, and I think a book, if it's well written, yep. if it's well edited... If it's if it's if it's got the content marketing in it, so what happens in the book is there is a a what I call a breadcrumb trail back to the business. Yes. And only the other week I had a client sit with me who'd read the book, who'd come back to the business, and she said, "Oh, I did your parenting course three years ago, but I didn't realise you were part of the business where I did the parenting course." And so, in a lovely way, she's come back to the business because of the book, and that, ha yeah. that happens a lot. People finding the business for the first time, people coming back to the business, mm. people who also have dyslexic children, and throughout the book, I guess there's little seeding points so people um, know where to find us. Yeah. Uh, and so, from a business point of view. That the book has just been fabulous collateral. Fantastic. And it can take time, of course, as well. So in, in that example you gave just now, clearly there's you, there's potential clients out there all the time that may be aware of you for two, three, four years before they engage. So you've, you, you've always got that visibility there and that potential market. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because we, we are selling something that's um, a discretionary spend. Yeah. And actually it can take up to eight times before people pick up the phone or, or make a booking on the website. They have to hear the message over and over and over again. It's not like buying a new car. You either 
need it yeah. or not. You know, it's a much easier decision. But doing a positive parenting course, there's a lot of emotions involved in it. And it mm. takes quite some time for people maybe to buy into that. So moving forwards, what's your plans for the business and, and indeed for, for yourself? Well, I think it's doing more of the same thing. Definitely growing our brand awareness. Um, so you found your niche. You're very, oh, very comfortable with it. Th- there's no question that Melissa and I have found our niche in, in positive parenting skills. I think moving forward, we want to um, build on the authority we're establishing in our podcast, yep. which has just been great fun. What was really surprising about the podcast was that in the first week, we got to number one yeah. in, in Apple Podcasts under parenting. And over nine weeks, we're still in the top 10. That's brilliant. And, and that, that just that is just incredible. And when you check, there's something called chartable.com. I don't know whether you've come across it. I haven't, no. But you can check where you are in the charts. And, and, and we've been in Korea. We've been in Portugal. We've been in Canada. We've been in New Zealand. We've been in America. And it's like, wow. It's this fun, podcast yeah. somehow is reaching parts of the world that we would never imagine. The analytics and visibility you can get on things these days. It's, so we're really, fun. really enjoying it. It's been a steep learning curve. Um, the technical side of things always tests me, gives me a migraine. <laughs> it just gives me a headache. And, and what approach have you taken to the to the podcast? The format is, so far, is guest interviews in a whole range of areas, from having psychotherapists on to people who are specialists in divorce and separation and step families, to interviewing the wonderful guys at Opperton Education who are mentors, very anti-tutoring, to Melissa and I interviewing, we, we kind of dropped in line on the final episode to talk about surviving the festive season and looking at conflict and consumerism. Yep. So there's a whole range of topics there. Um, and the strap line is good parenting made simple. Fantastic. So we want everyone to listen to that 30 minute podcast and just take away one or two top tips that they can implement in their home life immediately. And the fun thing on the podcast is we always get our interviewees to share just one of their, what we call LPMs, their lowest parenting moments. Because the people we interview are experts in their field, but we need to let people know that no matter what space you're in, all of us have our vulnerabilities. All of us make mistakes. Uh, and it's about learning from those mistakes. So we always ask our guests to share a vulnerable moment. And uh, yeah, I dare say you've had some interesting ones so far. People have been very honest. Yeah. Very honest. And I think when you can be honest as a parent... That's, that's one of the best things you can model for your children. We all make mistakes in life. It's what we do when we make a mistake. It's how we repair that is the most important thing. And I think every interviewer has been really honest about the mistakes they've made and how they've put things right. Elaine and I spoke for a few more minutes, including some of the quotes that made it into my book, Project Future. But let's now move on to our conversation in December 2020, bringing things right up to date. Hi, Elaine. Great to speak with you again. Hey, Rob. It's been quite some time, but congratulations to you on your book publication next year. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited to to have that coming out. It's uh, just in, well, in a month as we're recording this now. So it's very, very exciting to finally be able to hold it in my hands and, and be able to share it. So, yeah, very, very exciting. It's such a big deal writing a book. <laughs> Yes, it, yes, it is. And uh, it's bigger than I ever thought it would be, <laughs> if I'm honest. But yeah, so pleased to have it to have it done and to be able to share it. It's a year since we, we first spoke and we've recorded most of the interview. So I, I'd love to hear what's happened you know, with you and the business during 2020. 
Wow, it's been a year since you came and recorded that. Gosh, a lot has gone on since then, Rob, hasn't it? Um, I think I speak for everyone when I say 2020 has been, gosh, a year of profound change for us all. And I think each and every one of us have been affected in some way. And for us in the business, the big news is that um, Melissa and I are going our separate ways after all this time. And it was COVID, it was lockdown, it was that time and opportunity that we've all had for self-reflection that has actually really forced some changes to the way we do business at the parent practice. And it's fascinating because I don't know whether, I actually can't remember what I said on the previous interview, Rob, but if the listeners remember, we were um, very much involved in live events with schools, corporates, and all our parenting workshops and classes. And obviously COVID just literally bumped us out of the live event space. And we had to completely pivot and go online with webinars. And the bizarre thing is that I'd been wanting to deliver this work online for many years because you know going one too many it's just a much more feasible option than going one to one or one to few and of course once covid struck and we realized that our clients you know actually enjoyed the webinar space well, we suddenly started to develop a whole new gamut of products and the webinars became incredibly popular we took our six week course online which is called harmony at home and we all just stopped and thought gosh, we've pivoted in the business so well, what, what does the rest of the year look like? And then three events struck between March and September that really caused me individually to reassess my priorities and just kind of start to ask my question, why? I don't know whether you've ever done that, Rob. Just ask, why? Why am I doing this? Yeah, I have. And it's taken me a long time to answer it every time I've asked myself. Yeah, it's a big question. Um, but, but three things happened. Very sad, very tragic. But my children's god mummy um, died of cancer during that period of lockdown. Oh dear. I had a friend's son um, commit suicide who was only 21. And the other thing that really kind of caused me to reassess and look at things completely differently was that I was diagnosed with ADHD, which is what my son has. And so that was just mind blowing. And you know, the old saying that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, it suddenly made me look at things differently. And now I'm on some sort of treatment plan. Oh my God, it's as if I have put on a different set of lenses. So three huge events happened in our lives that just caused me and my husband to sit down, reassess our priorities. And I realized that we needed to restructure our business just to allow us to focus on things that really matter to us. So we've had to make some significant changes in the team. But the good news is this, it's that the parent practice is still alive. It's still kicking. I'm just going to be running it solo as from the 1st of January. And um, yeah, just bringing to our audience lots of lovely new products and still doing my bespoke coaching uh, and reaching people in all sorts of different ways oh, it's, it's fascinating isn't it and i'm i'm so sorry to hear all, all of the news you know it's 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 really really sad and i don't think we're alone though, Rob. i think there are many people out there who have been affected by uh, grief in some way 
No, I think you're right. And the and the whole taking a step back, you know, as I think a lot of people have done that this year as well in, in terms of saying, okay, what is it that I'm looking to to achieve in, in life? You know, what do I want to get out of life and how can we best best channel that? If one of the main things that we achieve positively from 2020 is that, you know, people have, have kind of taken that step back because we are all so busy. We are actively involved in things and to and to reflect and plan some longer term goals you know I think it's such an important thing to do in life um mm. and you know the, the opportunity that's come with that and to to reflect hopefully is is something positive and certainly sounds like it for for you personally and indeed for the business well I think change can be positive and I think the only constant in life is change and I think I mean you and I um share the same book coach Alison Jones and she always says you know you've got to work not just in the book, but on the book. And I think many of us make the mistake of working too much in the business as opposed to on the business. So, you know, having that moment to kind of press a pause button and reflect and start to look at, you know, what is your vision? And I I love um, Simon Sinek's work. Do you know his work? I do, yes. The Infinite Game. He's an entrepreneur who talks about just the infinite game. And he always says, start with the inside out. You know, why are you doing what you do? And then look at how you do it, which is the implementation. And then look at what you offer your clients, which is the product. But I did all this back to front because I came into this business 10 years ago with Melissa and and I was firefighting at the time with my son Sam, and I know that story's been explained in the in the earlier podcast from last year. And and you know it was it was really difficult for me to work out what my vision was because I was just thrust into this business and kind of thrust into the kind of delivery, the looking after the clients, looking after the products, looking at how to implement it. And I never stopped to ask the question, what's my why? And I would say that that's a really important thing for you all to do, because we all have one incredible life, Rob, to live. And and it's about how you can work your business around your life kind of instead of working all the hours God sends. And that is what I've done over the last decade. I've loved it, but I'm just at a different point in my life just now. Yeah, absolutely. So what vision do you have for, for how you're taking the business forward? Clearly, the, the webinars have worked and you've enjoyed that aspect of it. So how, how are you taking that forwards? Yeah, so, so I definitely want to concentrate on the one-to-many kind of product line. Um, and I just want to make sure that there is something there for everyone to access. So at the very, um, you know, at, at, at the stage where you come into looking at positive parenting skills, I'm developing a little mini course and it's called 30 Days to Positive Parenting. 30 days, 30 tips, 30 pounds. And so it's a lovely introduction that anyone can access in kind of little munchable chunks um, for no more than 10 minutes a day. And I'm hoping that product will be you know, really successful because all of us as parents are time strapped. And the problem with reading books or sitting down to do big courses is that we need to get our head around this idea that we need to make the time and actually learning positive parenting skills is important and and what i don't want is for clients to be coming to me when it's not just important but urgent and they're in crisis so i'm really hoping that little mini course will set people thinking differently um then we've taken our harmony at home course which is our six-week kind of flagship course and again we're putting it online 
um, people can access it at any point in time, um, but there's also six weeks of live coaching. So the difference now is they're not tied to a certain date to be, you know, to learn the material. They can learn it in their own time and then they come online and over six weeks I give live coaching. So I can really get into some of those hotspot family areas. And then finally, I'm going to do my bespoke coaching, which I can't give up on, Rob. I absolutely love working with clients one to one. But of course, you know, that 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 kind of model is limited because it's the one to one model. Yep. Um, so I'm still going to keep going with that because there will always be people who really or families who really want the bespoke support. And obviously my niche areas now are neurodiversity. So uh, and helping families with children who just learn differently. And my other niche area is separated families as well. And that's where the bespoke coaching comes in it's so individual in terms of what it is that you need the feedback that you need to provide so i love that um i i love, I love the whole aspect of of that and the, the the 30 days 30 tips 30 pounds wow you know what 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 strong message that is as well and i tell you what that course takes more time to develop than anything because I've, got, you know, <laughs> videos, I've got you know there's a load of work in there but what i really hope is that i'm going to give customers phenomenal value and they'll get to know me and hopefully like and trust will build up no, that's that's brilliant, and it's often these shorter things that that take the time as well. I know that from some of the things that I've written and recorded recently. The the, the shorter it is, the the more time it takes to prepare because it's so important Absolutely. to get get everything right. <laughs> that's that's really exciting, Elaine. It's it's really really exciting how you're how you're taking the business forwards and 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 how you know you're focusing on exactly how you want to do that now because that's the most important thing for me in in, in business is to. Is to, is to focus on you know the aspects of it that appeal to you it's so great to catch up and to, to hear what you've been up to in the last year and indeed how you're taking your business forwards so as always there's four questions for all of our guests and we didn't ask these last time because we recorded in such the early phase of the podcast life i hadn't created the the structure so so okay. now's a great great opportunity to, to ask you these these four questions uh, so what's the one piece of advice you'd give to someone considering starting their own business Wow, that is such a big question, isn't it? Hmm, I I think my advice would be to do business with your perfect customer. Uh, the customer that kind of shares your vision, your beliefs. And so in order to do that, you need to spend time working out who your avatar is. Because I think in the early days, we wasted a lot of time chasing what we thought were opportunities, but they were not our ideal customer. So know your customer. Business is deeply personal, especially in our space when we're delivering positive parenting skills. It's about creating connections. It's about keeping it deeply personal. It's about knowing who your avatar is. It's about caring for your customers. But also, I just want to add in there, it's also about giving yourself permission to, to make a profit, actually. <laughs> and so, I've yep. kind of battled with that over the last 10 years because I absolutely know that I want to leave a legacy and my legacy will be to support and help families kind of bring out the best in their children, unlock their parent, their, their child's potential. And, and, you know, again, if, I think I've referred to Simon Sinek already today. He, he's got a fabulous book called The Infinite Game, and he talks about living a life of service and that's exactly what I want to do I want to live a life of service I want to leave a legacy but I want to do it also by running a profitable business 
And I can only do that if I do business with my perfect customer. So, so I think spending time in those early days, getting your avatar right, is time well spent. No, I, I think that that's a really, really good point. It's a really strong point. And of course, the, the more that you understand and can work for your perfect customer, the more you're likely to appeal to them as well. The more they're going to want to work with you and know that, say, hey, you're the person I was looking for. So it's it works both ways, I, I think, in, in that equation. You know, it's not one sided in any, in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. So question two is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? I just wish I'd known about how important it is to start with your why. And I think I go back to something I said earlier on, which is that sometimes we do this back to front and we kind of start with what product or service we're delivering our customer. But but really, I think I spent so much time kind of firefighting. I never stopped to press a pause button. So I really wish I'd known how important it is to always start with the end in mind. You know Stephen Covey's book, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Families? He always says start with the end in mind, and that's absolutely true. That the best entrepreneurs, the best business people, always start with their goals and their visions. And I think I just didn't have time or space in my life to kind of do that. And I just kind of picked up this business with Melissa and kind of ran with it and and, and never stopped to kind of question my why. And I think if you get your why right and you get your vision right and you start to set goals for yourself, because Rob, my husband and I are in act three now. We're in in our mid fifties to late fifties. And I, I just want to make Act 3. Uh, there is an Act 4, by the way. <laughs> but I, I want to make Act 3 work for us. I want to enjoy my life. I, I do want to spend time on the golf course. I do want to spend time with my family. And I want to continue doing this business I love. And, and when you can get the why right, which is what I got during the COVID and during the lockdown, then it's really, really easier to build up that business kind of inside out why am i doing it how can i do it and that's all the stuff i'm doing just now with new systems looking at this lovely new platform called teachable and looking at new email marketing systems uh, and and then obviously that the product or service is falling out of that based on the last 10 years that we've done so i'm kind of going to start right back at the beginning again and actually it's it's great it feels exciting and you know as from that, I'm kind of rebranding the business. I'm coming up with a new logo. Um, I'm coming up with new products. But I am so clear now on what I want this life to look like and how I can work this business around my life instead of just working silly hours and, and really not being satisfied. Yeah, I love it. And I think those two things really go hand in hand. You know, if you've, if you've got your perfect customer and you understand why you want to work for them, um, and and indeed how it fits in because every, everything that you know I try and promote is is around that having that balanced lifestyle because I think it's so key and it can be overwhelming you know to to be an entrepreneur there's nobody there to tell you to go home um, and leave the office you know it's the, the, the it, it can continue and continue and continue so ensuring that there is a capacity and and having that balance in your with within the business and indeed focus on other aspects as well um is is great and uh yeah I'm, I'm delighted that you've got that clarity now and to, to take that forward well i've got that clarity rob but i'm not going to profess to saying i've got that balance yet <laughs> so i've got to be really honest here. i have not found that balance yet and i think striving for that balance is something 
all of us as business owners and entrepreneurs will do. So I, I'm not yep. for one minute saying that I've got that sorted. I have not got the perfect life, but look, I'm but getting you've got clearer. The I've got the goal and I'm getting clearer <laughs> as how to achieve it. Yeah, which is a start. So to have that, to have that as listed as a goal is is more than more than there. And to be honest, I don't think I'm there yet either. <laughs> but we can only try. <laughs> so, okay, you've you've mentioned a couple of fantastic resources so far in this conversation. Is there anything else that you would you would recommend for somebody at the start of their journey? So, a, a book or a website that would really help them give some clarity, whether it's in your field or or, or just more general. Hmm. I'm not one for recommending books too often because I'm not a huge reader. Um, I'm going to recommend podcasts, actually. Yeah, podcasts. Okay. Not, not, not a book, not a website. Um, I lo I'm, I, I'm loving the podcast space. We've had to put our podcast on hold just because there's so much going on in the business. But what I love about the podcast is it, that they're easily accessible, munchable chunks. You can listen on the dog walk. You can listen on your run. Um, and I would say a wonderful podcast to listen to is by... Anna Parker Naples, and she has a podcast called Entrepreneurs Get Visible. Oh my God, she provides so much value. It is packed with content from every topic you would need if you're setting up a business, from branding to uh, social media to how to build your tribe. Um, she talks about PR, she talks about how to write a book, how to do a book proposal, how to get a tech talk, um, you name it, she covers it. And, and I just really love Anna's energy. And I think her consistency in just showing up regularly because Rob, you know, having started this podcast, it's really hard to be consistent with it. We did three yep. seasons and then for all sorts of reasons, we had to just put it on hold, but it, it's really hard being consistent. And I, I just admire anyone who can do a podcast and consistently show up for a couple of hundred episodes. So great value there, all free. And yeah, you'll get great insights into how to run a business. Fantastic. And I haven't heard of Anna or the podcast. So I look forward to okay. listening, to, listening to that myself. So I'll add that to my to my running list as well. <laughs> so oh, br brilliant. And finally, then, uh, who would you recommend as a guest on a future episode of the podcast? Ah, oh, that's easy, because I'm working with a lovely lady called Anna just now, who's developing my website. Um, she has a business called by Rosanna Design. So she's a website designer. She's also a content marketer. Uh, she also does a bit of branding. And she also has a podcast called The Freelance Fix, um, which again is packed full of just great top tips. Now her best top tip for me recently was using a new email marketing system. I don't know whether you use one, Rob, but we use Constant Contact. Um, really expensive when you get up to the tens of thousands of people on your database, which is what we've got. And, and I've changed to um, something called Flowdesk, which is what Rosanna um, recommended. And Flowdesk, oh my God, I think I've say, I think it's eight times cheaper. I think it's $19 as opposed to 120 pounds a month we were spending. So, so look, she's full of great ideas, great tips, and, and you know, lots of money to be saved by, by moving on to different systems. And I think we're all too frightened of change. The only constant in life is change. And by Rosanna and her podcast, The Freelance Fix, will give you just loads of ideas. I think she'll be fascinating to interview. Oh, I'd love to speak with her. That that sounds great. And, you know, I, I love the way that you've invested in that way as well and then and saved. It's a bonus, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bonus. 
Martin in episode three spoke about, you know, investing with an accountant and how they'll save you money. And it's it's, it's amazing in different areas, even, you know, setting up, you know, up, updating your website here, you found a way to probably get more efficient and, you know, and, and find the right level of service that you need uh, for your business as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's really fascinating how... That is how, a whole other conversation, Rob, about systems and everything, because there are huge things <laughs> to be made when you really start working you know, on the business as opposed to in the business. And there are much more efficient ways of doing things, especially if you've been trading for a long time. I think that's, that's a really, really good point. So, well, it's been great catching up with you today, Elaine. Really enjoyed speaking with you and and learning, you know, all these what you're up to and, and how you're moving into 2021. So, yeah, very exciting. I wish you all the best for the, the year ahead. Thanks so much for inviting me again, Rob. And um, look, good luck with that uh, book launch. I, I do know what a huge deal it is. So congratulations to you. I have got your book. I'm halfway through it. And wow, you, you are a real project manager. And I, I just <laughs> success uh, with your launch, etc. Lovely talking. Bye for now. Thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Listening back. I found it incredibly powerful and moving in so many ways. Elaine's positivity and focus on achieving greater balance is something I think we can all learn from, as indeed is the speed with which she pivoted to a remote and one-to-many model in light of COVID. If this episode has inspired you to think about starting your own business, start right now by taking my three-minute quiz, which is free and available at robker.co.uk forward slash quiz. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building your amazing business to give you satisfaction and balance.